I would say Mots. Mots, where are you? But uh, James isn't here. James is not here. That is that is correct. There you go. That is a that is a deep voice right there of a of a guest that I'm not sure everybody, I'm not sure people know how how deep our relationship goes, John. I mean, this is this on the other end of this is John Urschel, mathematician by trade, chess master, wannabe, former NFL player. But he's also one of my best friends. Actually, seriously, John and I, we talk about a lot of different stuff. And uh, and so with James out of town, I decided you were right at the top of my list of candidates to be a guest host on uh, Coffeehouse Blunders this week. I'm honored. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, you know, I hope I, I know I have big shoes to fill, but let's see how I do. Maybe I can sneak myself into the rotation a little bit. So spe- <laughs> speaking of shoe, I mean, you're, you're, you're a, you're a former NFL player. That's true. So you're a, you're, you're a bigger guy than some people are. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and uh, I think I think you were a little mild by saying some, but I I appreciate you sort of right. being respectful and kind to like my self image and you know. <laughs> well, what's about your self image? I was going to say that you said shoes to fill. I'm like I think your feet might actually double or triple James's shoe size. That's why. That's that's plausible. That's plausible. <laughs> what size shoe do you wear? So since you asked, sixteen. Oh my God, that's a size. That's a size. It's true. When I was uh, when I was uh, you know a young boy, I had quite the issue finding shoes. Yeah, I bet. I bet it was a nightmare for your mom. Well, anyway, for those of you who don't know uh, that John Urschel is um, an amazing human being, you're about to figure that out over the next forty minutes. But I've I've I got a few questions I prepare for you, John. Since you're you're here, you're at my home field. Yes. This is my home turf. I see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the away team. I'm aware, right? And so you're. Um, I didn't I didn't expect you in that sense to come with a ton of topics or whatever. So I brought a few that I thought would be appropriate for our audience who has gotten to know me and James through through coffee, through tech, through pop culture discussions, and then sometimes some chess, and then wherever the rabbit hole goes. So the first thing I have to say is, you're on Coffee House Blunders. Do you drink coffee? Yes, I do drink coffee. Okay. Wait, am, is there should a, an elaboration mm-hmm, be occurring? Mm-hmm. Yes, I drink coffee. I I like it black. I I think I'm a medium roast type of guy, and I uh, okay. I do I do an, enjoy an espresso okay. quite often. So now is that are you the espresso kind of guy because you want the higher amount of caffeine with the least amount of liquid, or is it something about the espresso uh, other than that? It's it's the taste, in fact. Okay. So. Okay. There is something sort of distinct about the taste of a good espresso besides okay. just drinking coffee. I, I think of it very much as a different experience and not full wow. of caffeine. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm like, I'm like, I if I end up in a position where I'm getting coffee from somewhere or not making it home, I'm always like, no matter what I get, yes. even if I'm in the mood for a pumpkin spice, you know, crazy soy latte that day, I like it comes out of my mouth like a knee jerk reaction. I say, I say, and an extra shot of espresso, <laughs> like because I I need the extra caffeine, mm-hmm. even if they're like, hey Danny, you just had four cups of coffee, right? Gotcha. You really need. So I just always add the caffeine because I have this theory that whenever you're drinking like sugary Starbucks kind of coffee drinks, that that the ca- caffeine is less. But for you, the espresso itself is the journey. I love that. Yes, no, I'm just just the espresso by itself, and I uh, I quite enjoy it. Hmm. 
Wow. Well, there. So already we're off to a, a great start here with Coffee House Blunders. So next thing is now you're going to tell everybody a, the answer to something. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh wow. Okay. Your your biggest blunder in life or chess. My. What is your biggest blunder? Oh lord. So the issue is not for me to be able to think of this. The issue is whether it's appropriate to tell no, it. No, it's not appropriate. <laughs> The issue is, I know my biggest blunder in life. Oh, no. And, okay. And you know, I'm going to tell it, and then we're just not going to tell Louisa. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, I'm someone who generally, I've, I'm pretty content with all the decisions I've made in life. I like to think I generally make good decisions. Uh, my decision to play football at Penn State, I loved my time there. My decision to play in the NFL, I greatly enjoyed. So you're, you're happy with Penn State over the Buckeyes, say? Yes, extremely happy with Penn State. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just say. had to hashtag college football shot. Yes, okay. extremely happy with Penn State. Extremely happy to be drafted in the NFL. Uh, getting my PhD in math at MIT, I'm loving it. Um, so all my major decisions in life, I've been extremely happy with. But there's one decision that okay. was a true blunder that, you know, the regret is real. And so let me take you back. I'm, I'm literally on the edge of my seat right now. You can take me anywhere you want to take me right now. Oh, well, I'll take you there. So okay. I'm taking you back to the summer after ninth grade. Okay. So I'm there. Like there's music playing. It's uh, I'm in it's Washington, D.C., so okay. I'm a high school student in at a Catholic school in Buffalo, New York, Jesuit to be specific. But I'm in okay. D.C. because my mother has enrolled me in a engineering program for youth for the summer. So you were always super smart, right? You know, I, I had some I had some math ability, and so my mom was always pushing engineering. In fact, she wanted me to be an aerospace engineer. Why? Because she thought I was the most brilliant like person in the world, and the most brilliant right. people in the world should all become rocket scientists. Mm -hmm. So this was my mother's opinion. So, And I actually did major in aerospace engineering to start because my mother told me so. But we're getting off topic. So I'm in Washington, D.C. It is for a summer program for engineering. And... You know, we do a bunch of engineering type activities. We learn a bunch of math and physics. And at the end of every week on Fridays, no, let me correct myself. On Saturdays, we always do some activity. One week we went to the Lincoln Memorial. And on our last Saturday there, we had a dance. Oh my God, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it so we had a dance, and now I'm going to have to admit, throughout this entire program, there was a girl. And there was a girl that, you know, I was very aware of. and Not, not just any girl. Not just right? any girl. All right. But very aware of and very interested in. And I hardly talked to her at all, but on this last Saturday of this summer camp, at this dance... We started talking right by sort of the drink cooler, you know, where the Kool-Aid and whatnot right, was. Right, where, where, where things happen. Where right? things where happen. Conversation exactly. begins, so we start you know. talking, and I come to realize that she's interested in me. And we're talking about all these things, and we're talking about dancing. And it turns out she 
is a professional dancer, like classically trained. And like so, ballroom dancing or uh, like freeform jazz kind of? Freeform. Okay. So, and then she proceeds to teach me how to tango. Like, like any, you know, young lady who's trying to send a message would do. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, we're tangoing and things are getting very, you know. Tango-ish. Very tango-ish. And, you know, one of the <laughs> chaperones comes by to sort of make their presence known and to let us. And just to sort of ask us what's going on, because here we are in the corner tangoing to mm-hmm. whatever music was being played. Well, right. it's not a tango beat. It's not a tango like beat. A tango. While everyone else <laughs> is indeed dancing like a ninth grader would dance. But here we are in the corner. And then when we finish, I can tell she's like getting ready for like John kiss me. And she right. says, you're a natural, you know, I, uh, I'm surprised you've never like tangled before. And I said, no. And this is the single stupidest thing that has ever come out of my mouth. I said, no, I'm not a very good dancer at all, but my girlfriend is a great one. O M G. And now are you ready for the kicker? I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more ready. I had no girlfriend. I had no girlfriend. You know what? I was just going to say, because you're not the kind of guy. I was a thousand percent single. And the moment that those words came out of my mouth, I just like deep inside myself. I said, John, wait, is this a PG podcast? It is a PG podcast. This is a PG. I said, John, what the heck are you thinking? Right, and what did you just that, say? That word may have started with a letter F. I'm just using throwing out a random letter. It might have started with random letter, right? And and to this day, I have no clue what possessed me well, to say you, such a you thing. Were trying to, to sabotage myself, right. So badly. Well, what did she do when you said that? Well, obviously, she was taken aback. All right, and she she started to look sad. Yeah. And we kept talking, we kept hanging out some, but, you know, obviously, you know, the damage was done. Yeah. And there's no going back from that. I mean, what do I say? Do I say, I don't know why I just said that. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm really interested in you and I'm very nervous. Yes, I should have said that. Yeah, but then she'll think you have a girlfriend and, and, oh, but you realize that was dumb and now you want to cheat on your girlfriend and that's not a guy she wants to be with anyway. Yeah, maybe, but maybe not because it was so, it was such a strange thing to say anyway. Maybe I had, if I had said, I don't know. Wow. And now I'm left with nothing but regret for the first time in my life and the only time in my life, I made a huge blunder and I'm left with this huge sense of regret that I had never felt before and I've never felt since. Wow. Is that the first time you've ever told that story to thousands of people listening over an audio file? Yeah, that is that is in fact the first time I've told that story to Yeah, not many people have heard that story, but you wow. you asked and this is the truth. This is actually like a pivotal moment in my life that I think about a decent amount. Wow. Because wow. you know, it was this moment where I really had what at the time seemed to be one of the most pivotal moments of my life, my ninth grade self. 
and I completely sabotaged myself. Wow. You know, I wonder if it's like you didn't want to seem like the kind of guy who didn't have a girlfriend. So you wanted to, imp- it was a, it's a weird self-sabotaging of simultaneously wanting to impress her and sabotaging yourself inadvertently. Like weird. That's yeah. I have, I mean, I've said some crazy stuff in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I don't even need to tell you that (laughs) (laughs) you've watched enough of my chess TV shows. Listen, I just watched you today, so you don't need to. Yeah. You don't don't even need to. I mean, I I don't know how many references I made that probably wouldn't be appropriate for this show either, but that's just, that makes me so sad and heartbroken. But you know what? It's sometimes those things happen and maybe it, maybe you Mm -hmm. learned something and it affected the way you handled things later on where you didn't do the same sort of self-sabotaging thing because you learned that lesson then. That's one way to look at it. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, this is something that was so sort of – this is something that even if I'm on my deathbed, I will never forget mm-hmm. to the point where this is actually like a life-changing moment because I wow. refuse to let myself sort of sabotage myself or get in my own way. I have – refuse to let that happen like ever since wow so maybe that was that was in whatever i mean it doesn't matter we don't have to get metaphysical or debate on fate or things meant to be but it i think one of the what's funny about that is like whenever we look back at those we look through the you know the rear view mirror and you look at those things like there's always different perspectives to have and because bad and good things happen and you know, you, you know, I've shared, I've shared that with you. I mean, recently over the last few years of my life, you know, my mom, my mom died recently. Right. And mm-hmm. but my mom, my mom passed away. Um, since we're sharing really deep stuff, you started it. I don't, I don't think I've ever shared it on the podcast yet, but my, my mom had a, a lot of people don't know this. My mom was very young. Um, I had a beer with my mom the night before. And one of the most crushing things that really hurt my heart over the last few years was that I basically, I didn't kick my mom out of my house. I just kind of shoot her along. I was having a beer with my mom. She was kind of driving me nuts. She, you know, I was trying to get the kids to bed and my wife was slightly inconvenienced. And I was like, all right, mom, I think it's time to go. And she's like, okay, honey. Like my mom was super sweet. No problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, but that was the last conversation I had with my mom in a real way, because the next day she had a massive stroke, a subdural hematoma. My mom uh, had a massive stroke at 62. For those of you who don't know this about me. And she just died last September over, you know, it's funny because I've, I've shared so much of this with you, you know, this, Yeah, of course. and we've talked about how difficult it is when you start reflecting on things like that. And, uh, you know, I think that as I've worked on my own perspective and recognize a lot of the good things that happened to me, and you you can always re-choose to believe you know, you, you choose to believe and understand that there are a lot of things happen. It's not it's not justifying tragedy with swallowing your feelings. Not at all. You acknowledge your feelings, but you also acknowledge that the lesson from that is something that really helped me. And 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 I, you know, without getting into all that, I mean, I'm never going to sit here and say that my life over the last few years is better without my mother. No, of course. But, but you, you know, you, you do start to recognize that the growth happened and there are things that happened and the experiences that happened Either way, it doesn't matter because it happened. So mm-hmm. you might as well choose it and try to understand it and choose to learn what you can from it because it did happen. And until there's a consciousness time machine, let alone a physical time machine, I do believe that there is meaning. It's meaningless and meaninglessnessfulness, right? It's, you have your, it's meaningless to try to apply meaning to something that happened, whether you like it or not. But you can also apply whatever meaning you want and learn what you want, right? And, and I mm-hmm. think that that's an interesting thing to think about when 
when you told that story, man, my heart was wrenching for you. Cause like, I, I mean, I've never, like I said, I've said some dumb things. I've never said I had a girlfriend when I didn't have one. Okay. So I do have that one on you. I'll say that. All right. Um, you know, that does seem like an oddity to come out of your mouth. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But but I will say I've had those moments. And as you were telling that, my gut was like, oh, John, like you did it. You hurt yourself against this girl. And, you know, like, oh, buddy, like I, I wanted. Can I give you a virtual hug? Virtual hug. Hug yeah, it out. Virtual, virtual hug, hug me. Hug. Love you, yeah. buddy. Sorry about that. Yeah. And I want to let you know she was awesome. She was beautiful. She was very cool. And uh, so the viewers, they cannot see me, but Danny, you've seen me and you've seen that I do have a, uh, so I broke my nose when I was younger. So I have a little bit of a bump on my nose. Your nose looks fine. Stop No, it. you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. But your nose looks fine. It looks fine. She had the exact same thing. Really? Yes, she did. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, lucky for me, just selfishly speaking, as your friend, I love your fiance. I think yes, Louisa no, is an amazing course. human being. And Louisa but regardless, is but the it's best. not even about in this moment, what we're reviewing is not even about women versus women. It's not even about comparing that. It's just about recognizing the heartbreak of something that you did to self-sabotage yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you learned lessons from it. But it definitely it's just an interesting regret to have when um like you recognize that you're happy now, but you also just know like, God, like, why did I do that? Right. Yeah. It's just a, it's a weird mm -hmm. thing to swallow. Like, how do you swallow it? Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. And also I do need to sort of say that, you know, with respect to your story about your, your mom, I think, I think you can't sort of look at sort of, you know, the last converse real conversation you had with your mom and sort of how you last ended things as sort of like as a blunder, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, this is life. These things occur and you never know when the last time you're going to get to talk to someone is going to be, or what that last word is going to be. Right. And I don't think it's a blunder in the sense that, you know, when you have, you know, a life with someone and experiences with someone, every last sort of like conversation you have with them until the next conversation, is not always going to be you know, like roses and I love you and amazing stuff. And it's right, not or, you know, or earth shattering and lightning either. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. You can't sort of. And I think that that, in my opinion, can't even possibly fit under sort of the, the letterhead of blunder in the sense that, I mean, perhaps this is like, you know, a blunder, like with what vision, because the vision you would need to call that a blunder is, like not real. far, far past yeah. alpha zero, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I, yeah. And I, and I guess I was sharing it too, because it was mainly about, you know, just kind of like going through reflecting yeah. on something tough mm -hmm. and choosing to apply the meaning you want to it and learn mm -hmm. lessons you do from it, knowing that, like you said, I mean, we are in like zero control, yeah, right? Of course. I mean, I don't think this is going to be the last conversation you and I are going to have, but like we said, like anything could happen anytime, right? Yeah, I of mean, course. And uh, no, you're right. And it's, yeah. I, I appreciate so much that you, sh I, I just, honestly, I had two questions and I thought you might, I didn't know if you were going to go, I should have known because knowing who you are and that we always find ourselves in these, do you ever notice that between, we find ourselves in these really oddly deep conversations all the time. That's true. It's like, That's what is true. the deal? I don't know. But I, I thought I would ask you about coffee. I got to ask him about a coffee and I got to ask him about a blunder. And here, you know, we're, we're knee deep in it. And I, I, your story made me think of a, another question that I think our listeners and I'm, I'm just curious as your, as mm -hmm. your friend, like, did you, as a, as a kid, knowing that you had this potential in math, that is a much like, I mean, if we're just being 
honest about the way human beings perceive things in our culture and in our society, like your physical attributes and your potential with football were probably much more apparent to people than your mental makeup and the brilliance you possessed in regards to mathematics. Is that fair? That's a good question. And well, well, the the reason I'm getting to is I'm, I, I, the follow up was going to be, were you ever faced with people who were like trying to convince you that you had to choose one or the other? Because I, I like you, you have done like something amazing and, mm-hmm. and I'm not even, it's not even kiss ass, whatever. I mean, you know, I love you, so I don't even need to convince you. But the like you've done something amazing in the sense that you've reached like the highest pinnacle of phys- physicality that our species can generate. Right. I mean, you played in the NF freaking L. Right. And but you never really dropped your passion or pursuit. And I think people find that fascinating. I told you as you and I really got to know each other. I'm like, dude, you're like this like anomaly. I'm just like grateful to have met like and like. So I was curious, like as you became like the stud football player and you're a big dude and you're a strong dude, like were were there like people that tried to push you one way or the other to to choose and and be like hey like why are you why do you care about school man like you know you should do this or like talk a little bit about that like what was it like growing up with like essentially two different careers you could have easily pursued and and the way people treated you with that i think i think this question i can tell that my answer is going to be less deep and it might be a little disappointing but my my sort of approach even when i was younger was always and this is something I always try to keep in my mind and always sort of check to make sure I'm doing is that the decisions I make and the things I do are for me and the people I care about and no one else and not based off anyone's expectations of what I should do or of what I should be both good and bad. And I, for that reason, I tend to not pay attention to these types of things. But of course, you know, I, uh, I have some memories. Like I remember when I was deciding where to go for university, I decided to take a scholarship to Penn State to, you know, play big time, Big Ten college football, get a great education at Penn State. And my high school principal told me, and again, this is a PG mm-hmm. podcast, so I'll paraphrase, but he told me I was a flipping idiot for choosing to go to Penn state instead of going to Princeton Hmm. because in his opinion, I did not have the talent or ability to sort of to make it at football at Penn state. Oh, wow. Let alone beyond that. That sounds like he's giving a pretty aggressive opinion. He's probably not qualified to give right based on football. Yeah, but I mean, this is, I mean, it's, you know, it's quite all right. People are allowed to their opinions. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that, in the same way that I think, you know, many football players and football people can't understand the allure of mathematics and how mathematics can actually be my favorite thing in the world. Right. Besides and, talking about chess with me, but okay, we'll right. all let you Sec- that, yeah. Of course, second to talking yeah. about, you know, chess and deep, you know, <laughs> life blunders. Right. That wow. math is, you know, actually my number one passion. And I tend to just, you know, I tend to just block these people out. And when I decide about things that I want to do, whether it's deciding to go play football at Penn State instead of going to Princeton, whether it's deciding 
to go enter the NFL draft instead of starting a PhD immediately, whether it's a decision that, no, I am going to start a PhD while I'm in the NFL, or a decision that, no, I think it's I've played in the NFL long enough. The things that are most important to me now don't involve football. And these sorts of decisions always only involve me and what I think and what I feel is best for me and my loved ones and not sort of what society expects of me. I love it. And you've had a lot of society come at you too. I mean, you were, I I mean, you were a star after you retired from the NFL, right? I mean, people were like, not that you weren't a star beforehand. You were Mm -hmm. already, the NFL was trying to make you a star even more so because you, you know, you've, I mean, you had the commercial with JJ Watt and then you Mm -hmm. retire, you know, it's like, Hey man, you should have capitalized on that a little longer, but all right, we'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) The uh, (laughs) no, but then you retired and I got more phone calls as, Mm -hmm. as a nobody in the NFL world, but somebody who was associated with you via our chess videos we've done and of like people wanting to talk. And no matter what you told them, I gave like three or four interviews by the end of people about John Urschel. It was like, they all wanted to engage. Like, has John told you anything privately about his opinions regarding CTE? Mm -hmm. CTE, John Urschel, John Urschel, was he making a statement? Was he doing this? Right. And of course you have, you know, you're a super smart guy and you, I, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because let's not talk about CTE and whatever. But I just knew that it was like something that like you were not trying to do anything other than what you thought was the right thing for you. Like you just Mm -hmm. said, and your family, your loved ones. And regardless of whether that involved some decisions about health or not, it was just, it was interesting. And I, so I can, I can personally attest that what you're saying is not just BS coming out of your mouth. Like it sounds like the the self-righteous thing to say, I just do it for me and my loved one. You really, you really do do that. It's amazing. So let, let's tell the people how you first fell in love with me. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's, that's enough true. about you. Let's talk about me. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Of course. No, I, no, I, I don't even really want, I know this show, whatever it's all about. Let's, let's, uh, I, I, I play a narcissistic a-hole on chess TV, but I'm actually not. Um, I, but, but, but you and I do have a funny relationship about how we got to know each other. Right. Cause uh, I think you reached out to me on Twitter and we're like, Hey man, I like chess center. And I like clicked on your profile and I'm like, who the bleep is this guy? Like whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Holy crap. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> like it was, it became a, who is this guy, but with a different tone, like, Oh my God. Um, so why did you, you, you've always been into chess, but how did you get on chess.com and like mm-hmm. you and, and, and really get involved in like, I mean, now you're, you're like one of our, our streamers. We have a huge contract that I think some people listen to the podcast know. We have this agreement with Amazon and Twitch mm-hmm. and our goal to grow chess as an eSport. And you're like, I mean, you know, we're we're buddies, but you, you know, we we do chess together. You got your yeah, own chess show going. Like, what is your, like, wh- how did you, how did you get involved with chess.com, let alone that I know you always like chess? Mm-hmm. So not many people know that I was actually very late to the chess party. I, uh, I learned how to move the pieces when I was little, but I didn't start actually, you know, playing chess on a regular basis until I hit junior year of university. And it occurred when one of my good friends who was a manager on the football team and also was studying to be an actuary did an internship at an insurance company. And one of the interns that he worked with was a professional chess player. Oh, wow. And so she would play chess with him every day and she would give him time odds. And so he played chess all summer 
And so then he came back and for training camp, all he wanted to do was play chess. And me, you know, I, I sort of, I knew how the pieces moved, but I didn't really know anything. I didn't really play. And he was one of my best friends. So I would play him night after night of training camp. And then once training camp ended, I enjoyed it so much and he enjoyed it so much. And some of the other guys did that we ended up playing chess twice a week during lunchtime for the whole semester and then for the spring semester as well. And that's how I, uh, that's how I really got introduced to chess. And then like, what took you into the online chess world of? Yes, of course. Uh, I I mean, just because we deal with online tech, it's not a, this is not a route back to chess.com. I'm just curious. Of course. No, that's, that's actually a great question to the point where, Hmm. I can't even remember. Hmm. I can't even remember. I mean, it's not surprising, right? Because everyone has a smartphone and eventually people go like, I'll play chess online. Like I was just, because you and I met through the web, right? And Mm -hmm. I love, you know, because we live in a world where I think we could all list a lot of things about technology that we used to have a segment in this podcast, you know, technology is ruining our lives today in this way, right? (laughs) But technology also helps our lives. And Mm -hmm. like you and I wouldn't have met without what we do online. And it's, um, so I was just curious if there was like some random moment where, somebody recommended or if it just you know you don't remember you just started eventually playing chess online and that's what happened i don't remember and in fact i'm near certain that what happened was at some point i decided hey you know maybe i think i want to keep playing chess a little bit and my friend graduated and so sort of the weekly chess during lunch stopped and you know still i wanted to play chess a little bit so i don't exactly remember but i think the most likely narrative is i uh typed in google play chess online <laughs> probably chess.com came up yeah oh you know what i actually remember now okay i a thousand percent remember and this is this, that was like a peter pan moment yes like, this is a I peter pan moment and this is embarrassing fly. because okay. the first chess site that i played on was not chess.com I'm sure it wasn't. It was probably Play Chess or ICC or what was no, it? No, no, no. So this shows how much of a, of a chess novice I was. Okay, Yahoo Chess. I was playing on Yahoo Chess. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you said novice, I said Yahoo Chess. Yep. So I played on Yahoo Chess a little bit. But then I sort of came, it's sort of, at the time when I was playing on Yahoo Chess, hardly anyone was on it, was on it and hardly anyone was decent. And it, they just didn't really have very good sort of resources for it. And at some point, I d- decided to look for other sites. Because the reason I knew Yahoo Chess is because when I was a little kid, sort of in middle school and high school, I would play like certain like card games on Yahoo. So I right. knew about it. Yeah. Like you no, could play. Have... Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Like you could play Euchre online or you could play, you know, all sorts of games or blackjack. And so I, or you could, they had a thing for billiards as well. And so I used to play some games on Yahoo. So I, that's how I knew. But then I think I just very much searched for, you know, online chess games and uh, chess.com obviously came up and the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Those, by the way, I'm officially out of questions. So this is when the fun begins. Okay. Um, I, but you know, you already, you took us 
you took us on a, on an amazing ride there. But uh, I wanted to ask you about coffee, about blunders, about mm-hmm. chess. But uh, so let's 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 stay on the topic of now. We, you and I let's just dive into things you and I really care about. So Fabiano yes. qualified to play Magnus, right? Yes. Now this is a this was good news for both of us, right? Not only are you know both of us you know have a have a have a bestie in the name of Robert Hess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and he's, and he's good friends with Fabiano, but as an American fighting for the world championship, right. And, uh, well, actually you've done, you've I, done uh, events with Fabiano. I actually, uh, I actually consider myself a friend of Fabi's and I hope he, I doubt he'll mind me saying that, that I actually consider him a legitimate friend of mine. Yeah. In, in our own right. And so mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've always sort of, because we've been friends, I've always you know, pulled for him at every sort of major event. And so I was extremely pleased to see this. So James wouldn't ask this if this was a, if this was a me and Mots this week, but obviously Fabi not only won the candidates, everybody, but then he went on to do something that, you know, it doesn't, it's not hugely surprising when he's played very well in Berlin that he would go on to bottom bottom and grunk and gr- and Grenke and, and yeah. dominate. But mm-hmm. he won an event right after the candidates with Magnus Carlsen in it. No, I mean, this was uh, surprising in the sense that yes, he's very sharp from the candidates, but also, right. I mean, fatigue must be real. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No, but- I mean, yeah. Like you wonder, like, is he like running on adrenaline at this point, right? Is he going to go win the U.S. championship? I'll yeah. put a link here in the show notes for everybody. But, you know, we just published our preview on the U.S. championship. Ah, uh, yes, Carl I Wall. saw that. Uh, and uh, if, I mean, I'm sure we can talk about these things on podcast. Are are you intending to go? I I know you saw my message. So, I, I will know. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot. I saw your text. Right now, no. I know you're planning on going there for the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, if I go there, you're just going to be a huge celebrity making the first chess move, hanging out with people. And, no, you know, no such thing. I'm telling you, I'm shadow. No, I'm going undercover, man. I'm you're going I, undercover. I've told no one I'm coming. I want the sort of the uh, club to make no special arrangements for me. I for mean, you, you haven't blown that yet because we only have like three listeners to the podcast: me, you, and James. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, kidding. But, Shout uh, out to all the fans. I know all you the listen. Fans. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Robert Hess is going to be there doing commentary. Yep. Bob uh, Eric Hansen's going to be there doing commentary. Yep. Hansen's the one who invited me. Yep. Uh, I know Amon is going to come out for the last couple of days as well. Yeah. And uh, so are a couple other people that sort of some mutual friends of uh, Eric and mine. So I would love to go and I can easily go and justify a chess.com trip and try to drum up a relationship in St. Louis that I need to connect with. But other than being with you and Robert hanging out, which is okay, it's it's a relationship that I would care about, but it's not we're not there to like talk business, right? You know what I mean? So it's like I just my wife would kill me, you know. I got the four kids and yeah, yeah. No, I completely understand. I uh I just know that I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up to you. Like I have Dude, to. Bring I know. It up. And you did. Te- I didn't. I didn't miss the text, but you texted me in the middle of Title Tuesday today, and then I, and then I didn't get a chance to respond to that yet. But yeah, I'm probably. I mean, unless something comes up and St. Mm-hmm. Louis wants to discuss something, I, yeah. I would say at this point the chances. I mean, Mike goes on yeah, our behalf. Mike's and, already there, right? Yeah, he'll be covering the event. Um, Mike Klein. So yeah. um, for anybody who cl- actually clicks the link and wants to see the preview of the U.S. Championship, but you know, um, I. Uh, It'll be, it sounds like a blast. I always get I always get jealous when everybody gets together, and I'm just like, you know, hey, 
Yeah, I'm curious. When are you gonna get to do your, uh, you know, your giant blitz chess? I I still so that's usually the Singfield Cup, right? Uh, okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. Because Maxime comes into town, yeah. and he was kind of the first Super GM to commit to the tradition with me. So it's like the loyalty belongs to him. Like, and then after that, we've done, you know, we've done giant chess with lots of other people. Mm-hmm. But MBL, he's uh, Maxime Bache Legrave, everybody. Yes. The uh, the Frenchman who played in the title Tuesday today, and I thought was going to win it, but then kind of stumbled down the stretch. But uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So you got to plan on coming for Singfield, but you and I will see each other before that at your wedding. Yeah, yeah that's maybe true. Maybe before that. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you know, the the only question you and I have talked about doing a podcast for ourselves at some point, and at some point, I think we should. I mean, I don't know how deep that podcast would go. I mean, you know, we we're. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like we could just we might go down the rabbit hole. We that might go be, far down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. I mean, why oh why didn't I take the blue pill, right? I mean, that's yeah, exactly. that's that's kind of what we're going to be asking. But um, anyway, well, yeah, Hikaru. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I have to share this, and I'm going to give a link to it in the show notes. But did you see Hikaru adopt Hanson the other day? When 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 did this adoption this happen? Occur? Yesterday. So here, oh, a yeah? chess, an inside chess joke for all those who don't. Yeah. So speak. Uh, yeah, if you are a chess player, if you're playing someone in consecutive games and you lose ten times in a row, yeah, this is referred to as an adoption. Okay. You are now their child. Yes. And they are responsible for your well-being from that point forward. Yes. Exactly. And Hikaru and Hansen broke out into this kind of Facebook fight. You saw that. No, I didn't. Oh, it was hilarious. It I've been out, like, missing everything. It's just some silly and stupid. Like Hanson says something, Hikaru says something totally brash and obnoxious. Wait, no, no, no. You can't just you can't just de- can viewers, do you see what Danny's doing? He's just telling us what? something, something. I'm ready to hear some details because I don't I, know. I don't about want this. to go into details. They're not I, they're not even PG. What the point oh, is? Oh, they're this, not even PG. Okay. The challenge. So. The challenge was thrown down. Where Hikaru was like, basically, I own you. And Eric said, "You've never completed the adoption." Mm-hmm. Basically, so Hikaru, if those you don't know, is he, he is a Greek god in terms of online bull and blitz, right? I mean, there's Magnus, there's Hikaru, and then there's everybody else. Like it's it's not even close, right? Yes, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not willing to sort of put sort of the Greek God status on there yet because Magnus, I mean, owns Hikaru. Owns but Hikaru. you know, but you know, what's funny. And I, I know I've told you this, like mm-hmm. when we get into some of our stats and I can't get into all of our algorithm and stuff, yeah, but course. we do all kinds of cheat detection. Everybody knows. And we have mm-hmm. all this stuff where we do that. I'm telling you, like we have proven the psychological uh, intimidation that Magnus has over Hikaru. Really? Like in like, the overall history that they have in the format on our site, Hikaru plays a higher level of blitz and bullet mm-hmm. against Magnus. Hikaru's level drops significantly and it has nothing to do with a higher level of accuracy from Magnus. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just weird as much as data can prove those things that human beings yeah. think they see, which we do see like Hikaru was at plus seven in that game from Zurich and he literally <laughs> beat himself. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. like you see him do things that Hikaru has never done against other players. And it's just something about the psychology that he struggles with where he's just, it's like one of those things where he like hates Magnus too much. If he could just let go of it, like maybe he would beat him finally. Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> So regardless of that, like Hikaru, hey, there's always uh, there's always 2018 speed right. chess championships. That's you never right, know. That's right. Yeah. The uh, so Hikaru, 
basically said, Hansen says you've never completed the adoption. And so Hikaru has destroyed Hansen, but has actually, the like, so people looked it up. The highest Hikaru's ever had in a row was nine games in a row. So they were right. Mm-hmm. He has never completed the 10-game adoption. So Hansen was streaming the other night. I happened to be bouncing around the end. It was around this time, actually. Yeah. And uh, I bounced into the chess bra stream. The match with Hikaru had just started. Hikaru was up 2-0. So I stuck around along with everybody else. And and Hikaru just flipping destroyed him. And really? then Hikaru starts telling me on Skype. Like, I, I won't read all of it, but Hikaru goes, Hikaru goes, finally, now he can explicitive, explicitive, shut up, basically. <laughs> and... And he deserved it. Like, Hikaru was just so happy to destroy him. It was oh, hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. These are just the inner, inner chess circles, crazy. man. I, I mean, mean that's just... one of the crazy things about, like, Blitz chess is how many levels there, like, really are to it. In the sense that I recognize Hikaru is this amazing, amazing Blitz player. But any sort of unbiased person would say, it seems Magnus always gets the best of him. And... Hikaru is clearly, you know, always dominates Hansen, who in his own right is an amazing blitz player. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the an top amazing, the world. amazing blitz player, which I hope you don't mind me saying, which, you know, is a cut above, say, someone well, like I'm me? not going to say a cut above, you know, I'm not going to name any names because who am I? Dude, to I mean, but a cut no, above I mean, the majority Hansen, Hansen of Hansen has actually Grand never completed an adoption of me, but Amon Hamilton has actually. Really? Gotcha. I, I've done I've done okay against Eric. We actually played. I mean, okay, Eric. I'm not. Everything you said is totally true. And Hanson is. There are tiers of of blitz and bullet players, and I've actually for some reason like done okay against Hanson. Where, like, even against MBL one time, I lost like mm-hmm. seventeen to like four. Like, actually scored. Ah, gotcha. Ooh, nice. Um, but but okay, like, and then there's yeah. like someone like Amon who's only like twenty seven hundred bullet, and I can get up in like twenty five fifties, and like for some reason I just like like. I literally just can't beat him. Mm-hmm. And I, anyway, so, um, but yeah, no, uh, Hansen is amazing. So for Hikaru to do that uh, yeah. on your point, you're right. It's just, it's just incredible. Yeah. Like the point is Hansen is not your average blitz grandmaster. He is yeah. an extremely, extremely strong blitz player. Yep. Yep. Well, this has been, this is, I mean, I don't want James to listen to this podcast and hear me say it, knowing that he's going to listen to it right when we're done and then edit it and publish it. Our hands, but you can say it, say this it. This might've been the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> of all time. I like it. The uh, No, this was a lot of fun actually. And me and me and Mots, like literally like at the beginning, there are weeks, of course, like everything else where you're like, oh, I forgot I got to report the podcast and we're, you know, we're busy, whatever. But once we do it, it's always Mm -hmm. just so much fun because it's like this. We're just talking for 45 minutes and, you know, just hanging out. And, you know, as soon as we hang up on the show here, you and I will hang out for a few more minutes. And it's just it's therapy for me. You know, I just like, yeah, I love it. No, no, it's been tons of fun. And listen, I appreciate you having me on, dude. You know what? We, we're going to figure this out. I don't know how we're going to. We got to get back to amateur hour, by the way. I'm getting a lot of requests. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I'm telling you, I'm I'm free on Tuesdays. Just let me I know. know. Or know. we could it's make it a fault. different. No, it's not your fault, but we could make it a different day. Just let me know. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, John and I started doing amateur hour this uh, 
fun, awesome chess TV show. A lot of it, honestly, it was one of the most, even with the Twitch analytics and stuff, like we have all these things about how we want to build into an event and have a storyline. You kind of want an event to be multiple shows and sort of build up the viewership analytics. Like our show, dude, mm-hmm. like has had a lot of people tune in given that, you know, we've, it never really had, it does, it's not like the speeches championship. Yeah, we, no, we like, tend to always cold months. open. Yeah, it's kind of, but you know, I think that people like the idea of when it, when you and I are in that mode, we're all about how do we get John better at chess? And then what comes from that organically is often, you know, lots of sexual tension. Yeah. And it's amazing. Of course. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. The tension's so. real. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, for those of you who somehow didn't know who John Urschel was before this podcast started, you now do, and you should follow him on every form of social media if you're into that or just. You know, give us some feedback and let us know. Let me and James know how you enjoyed uh, the the guest appearance here, and maybe maybe we'll be able to pull something together where John and I can get to, to can do this more regularly, or just turn Amateur Hour into also a more elongated conversation like this with chess in it too. That actually is an amazing idea. Where we sort of yeah, that could be an interesting thing. Where maybe at the end of the show. You and I together, we play like one long game against someone. Meanwhile, we just talk throughout the whole. Yeah, thing. we just hang out. Yeah, that is a, that is a, that's a great idea. Yeah, like imagine we do like an hour of hardcore stuff, and then just an hour of like a thirty-minute game versus someone where we just hang out and talk, and we just make some moves, you know, like this, right? We just yeah. like we just did forty-five minute podcast. Like we're hanging, we would yeah. talk, we're making moves, we're just hanging. That's oh, a- he made a move. Like oh, let's. Uh, you know, let's go for the uh, Queen C2 line of this Catalan. Let's go for it. Why not? Yeah, dude, you know. that's a great idea. I think people will love it, like a, ch- a chess cast. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, thanks for stepping stepping in. And uh, lo- love you. Love the baby. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch, and I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good.